episode 67. Hello, Daniel. Hey, Andrew. Excited to be with you today. See what God has in store. Excited to be with you all as well. And just so grateful for the privilege to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Excited to be with you all too. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to get into an episode today that we don't know where it's going. That's becoming more and more of a theme, not intentionally. Like we prepare and think about these things, but uh, there's just so much place, so many places to go, especially yeah. after uh, this last uh, mini series that we did last week. And I encourage you to check that out if you haven't. Just gives us a, a little. Uh, a primer if you're new here as to what we're trying to do with this podcast it's a very wide-reaching tent but at the core of jesus following we believe is jesus yeah and uh, that's kind of where our conversation went just a little intensive there three episodes about how to uh, what discipleship looks like what it means to be a disciple and how to make disciples so today we're at that point we just came out of that conversation last week about making disciples and uh i think think we're both struck with in different ways today, Daniel and I, that um, we don't gain our worth as Christians by making disciples. We're not saved to that task. We're not saved by grace, for instance, and then saved to the task of a law of making disciples. We're not saved by grace and then given, uh, you know, employed by Jesus. That's not the verbiage or uh, picture that he uses at all. We're become, we, we become sons and daughters of God, and we're saved to life with him. So, I think today is what we, we've been talking about this before we came on today and um, in other areas, I think it's just hitting us differently, but just this idea of the gospel itself is big enough both to save us and to sanctify us. So in our Jesus following, there's that component of the gospel and not just a component of the whole thing that stays with us through our entirety to uh, eternity with Christ one day. So this time in the middle where we follow Christ, it's kind of hard to quantify and hard to even uh, think of where I'm trying to get at right yeah. now. But there's this tendency, I think, in our sinfulness to want to define sanctification. It's much easier to think that we're just doing our duty here. We're just checking off these boxes now that we're saved to be Become more holy and more like Christ, taking these steps now to follow Christ when in fact we're still sinful. Yeah. And that might be even prideful to say that we can follow Jesus without Jesus. But yeah. sometimes we act like that. Yeah, I think, you know, and we've we've been it's it really is hard to to hit the uh the nail on the head when it comes to this and just be very definitive with it because it comes in different forms and fashions i think but one one uh, i guess a line we can kind of follow i believe is that uh you know the, the bible talks about christ is our all and and being enough you know like you said the gospel for uh salvation and also for sanctification but what what happens is this and paul seems to be very on guard against this that we have this tendency as mankind to add our take in little by little into different areas and try to create uh, a flavor all of our own that is on top of, outside of, in addition to Jesus and the gospel. And when we do that, we we kind of build our own structure and, and with the intent that the structure will stand and that this is the direction that we need to follow. And what can easily happen is it becomes 
practice and it elevates itself to a place where it's equal to the gospel sometimes in functionality in our lives and sometimes even in the church mm-hmm. when there's nothing that we do that's deserving of that kind of elevation and status but it, it slowly but surely can creep in. And, and as we read through the book of Paul, you find out that Paul, after he went into places and he shared Christ, then he would always be watching these places. How are you building upon Christ? So, you know, it's, it's yeah. fascinating to me, like the church at Galatia, for example, as he writes to that church, he said, I'm, I'm blown away, basically, as to how quickly you have went astray to another gospel. Right. That's not another gospel at all. And, and, and it just happens so quickly where Jesus says, I am everything. I'm paying your price. I am your redeemer. Your, I am your all. And we're like, okay, that's awesome. But we feel like we need to do more. We feel like we need to make it bigger. We feel like we need to reach out in a different way because we're not sure if that's catching the attention or that's mm. almost like what it seems like. So, you know, it's it's a really interesting topic because I think it happens often and we often as mankind have this tendency to kind of add to that gospel with our own flair and flavor. Yes, yes. I know for for me, and I know we, we believe we're all sinful. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road and where it gets hard is that we believe in Christ. We are Christians, but we wake up still in our flesh, in our sinfulness. So it's, it's tempting to wake up and say, I'm a Christian. I'm okay. Not do any pursuing of Christ and just float. You know, and act like you're okay. So then without discernment then of what Christ would have you to do, how he would have you to follow him, we just take our own, um, you know, presumption or assumption of what's happening and uh, do acts of the law, essentially, that we feel like will get us more approved in the eyes of God or at least make us feel better. And that becomes our perceived righteousness. We know we're saved by grace and we would we could even tell you the gospel, but in practice, I know in my life that oftentimes comes to um, me feeling farther from God or worse about myself whenever, uh, you know, I would uh, sin or even at uh, this uh, job, to put it, you know, as as a worship leader here, if a Sunday doesn't seem to be as enthusiastic or people don't really seem into it or we had a big blunder on stage or whatever, it uh, it's much easier to feel like, okay, that was wasn't as pleasing to God. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the right way to go about it. And that's not what Christ would have us for. And ultimately what we get to is when we treat it like that, then we do start to believe in a different gospel to where yeah. we were once saved over here, but then now we're keeping God's favor by our works of righteousness. Yes, and and that's and and those things really, you know, even even on Sunday mornings, you know, you and I feel it uh, when the numbers are down or when those things. Yeah. Sometimes that plays a role in in the way that you even 
you know, quote unquote, feel the spirit moving, how you feel the service goes, and all those things are artificial. Like that doesn't that doesn't matter. It, what matters is is Christ, and what matters is His presence, regardless of what the outside circumstances may be. And and I think that God has been teaching me this and in, uh, in different ways. You know, I look at a story like Job, for example, and I see this picture of someone that all of a sudden runs into everything unexpected uh, coming upon his life or actually being taken away from his life all at one time. And I'm just like, man, you know that. But but the thing that we often do without realizing is we we uh, associate our good works and good effort with God's blessing on our life. Mm. When sometimes those don't directly correlate. I mean, it may be blessing, but not in our definition of blessing. And, you know, I find that really fascinating. I was, I was reading in Job the other day. And, uh, if I could just turn there real quick, I don't know if I'll find it fast enough, but. Job begins to to call out to God, and he says this in Job 30, uh, verse 20. He says, I cry out to you for help, but you do not answer me. I stand up, and you turn your attention against me. You have become cruel to me with the might of your hand. You persecute me. And, and you know, I, I read that, and I'm just like, man, we do, like, uh, without even realizing it, expect that if we do follow the law, if we do the things that's expected of us, then... In the same way, God is going to pour out and shower blessing on our life because we have appeased Him in the mm. things that we're doing. Right, and then, wow. and then your 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 gospel becomes your works yep. rather than Christ's finished work in salvation, and uh, and it happens so easily that I find myself just convicted and just troubled by the fact that man, I I sink into that without even thinking about it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if God, like Job, if God stripped everything away from me like now, I mean, I feel like I could very easily be like, what are you doing? You know, I'm, I've been trying to live for you. Why is this happening? But mm-hmm. uh, but then I something hit me the other day, and it all comes back to Christ. This is a Jesus follower. Something hit me, and that was, you know, that is often our expectation, but that was not the expectation of Christ. Mm. As a matter of fact, Christ knew that he came to live for God to die for mankind. So he knew that the results of his perfect life and action was going to be persecution and death. And he still came because his all was not found in the the product that was produced as much as it was or the ease of his life. His satisfaction was found in a pleasingness to God because all was wrapped up in God and not in um, the blessing or uh, the ease of it all, it was all wrapped up in God. And it's really hard. I, mean, I don't know if I'm being confusing or not, no, but it's no. really hard to divide it out in my head. Okay. Because there's so many things that we just do and we're like, oh, okay. So, so if this happens, you and I were discussing today, you know, as we try to minister and try to lead, the expectation is almost like we feel like we're doing everything right. Why, why is it not? It's seeming like there's, there's people coming in. Why, 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 why does it not seem like what we expect it to be? 
Mm-hmm. And it's challenging, but but at the same time, it's like, but the main thing is Christ. Like the the main thing is him. And that doesn't always manifest itself in the masses. Sometimes it manifests itself in the small numbers of depth in discipleship rather than, like we've talked about for mm. three weeks, rather than what we have built up in our mind that the the product, the byproduct should be. And so God's been, you know, when we talk about Christ being the foundation, God's been really working in my life. And I've been trying to sort this out in my head. What what does this, how off I can get from Christ just being that foundation and myself being truly satisfied if everything else is gone Mm. and he's the only one that remains. And I I don't always know how to flesh it out. I'm working, you know, Lord's working with me. No, I think that's (laughs) a lifelong kind of pursuit right that's sanctification itself i feel yeah. like is that our, our our belief is tied to our action and we act because we believe something whether we think about it or not and that's super convicting what you said about um about christ not having that expectation on us like the salvation being truly free and we yeah. say that that's a hallmark of the gospel and we'll say it over and over but it hits you in a different spot where you have to really Trust God. Like, for instance, if, if, if you come to a place in life where there is a crossroads and there are where you could either, uh, you know, say cheat or do something to gain, uh, you know, temp- temporal or quicker, uh, you know, joy or money or acceptance or pleasure, whatever, in that short term, you could either uh, do that or believe that Christ will ultimately provide that, that he did die die for our sins, that he will deliver us. And that is the point then where our salvation becomes true. It's not where we're saved once, but we're also that sanctification. It's not just us doing the right thing. It's believing that we that Christ is still enough yeah. for our salvation. And that that's super convicting because the one moment I know in my, you know, in our, our lives that when uh, Christ doesn't seem to deliver immediately or when we're hurting or when we're suffering, I go, my mind or flesh goes immediately to uh, God's either not smart enough, he's not big enough, or he doesn't really get it. And I'm not naturally a very trusting person and that oftentimes extends to god whether i like to think it or not and i i think that's you know true for a lot of us because we we are all born in a state of unbelief and our flesh is in that state of unbelief and that won't be taken away till uh you know till glory so it is crucial to get there that our sin is a a result of our unbelief in God and is our unbelief in God, uh, not just you know bad things. Yeah, sorry about that. My phone went off. <laughs> bad thing, uh, symptoms yeah. of you know what we'll just uh, stop doing this or this, whatever, and then we'll be right with God because that's not the you know yeah Christ died for that. We can't fix that. Yeah, and 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 I think that that when we when we are able to strip those things away, that will allow us to. To really just emphasize Christ and Him being enough and Him being our all, 
but what what tends to happen in my life, I think, and we were reading this last night in our Bible study, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, Paul says in verse number 11, as he writes this, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ or Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, on our Monday night group, Andrew led that and we read through the book of Colossians. And uh, it just goes hand in hand with something we read in Colossians, I think, if I can find it here quick. He says in verse number 16, uh, it says, therefore, uh, chapter 2, verse 16, therefore, no one is act, um, uh, is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath day, things which are mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, which is Christ, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. Mm. And so what happens is that, that Christ is that foundation and that growth for ligaments and joints and the whole body as the head. He, if we don't keep him first and realize that he's enough, he ends up getting buried beneath mm. all of our artificialized structure building that we take upon ourselves to be in charge of. And, and all of a sudden he gets pushed down and other things get put on top of it. And that's really what Paul was looking for when he went in. Like if someone came in and said, well, you have to follow the law and Christ. Or you right. have to be circumcised in Christ. Paul's like rushing in. He's like, no, growth is only going to come as you realize that Christ is the beginning of that structure and yes. that the, the, the all in that structure, you're not going to produce fruit without Christ. And, and it was like every time, you know, he was like a SWAT team or something. Every time he saw caught wind of something, he was like, all right, let's go. And he's like, we've got to, we've got to strip this stuff away because look at how quickly even in here, you know, Rolling Hills Baptist Church, where we're blessed to minister at, is, uh, I don't know, like something like uh, 50 years old or something like that. In this short span of time, look at how fast they tried to add things to the foundation of Christ that wasn't necessary. Yeah. So then we look at our established churches that have been going on for this many years. And then you have to ask yourself the question, how many of the things that we're doing are additives that instead of um, supporting the work of Christ have just hidden and buried the foundation of Christ far beneath that we've got to strip away to get back to the solid foundation of Christ to then build again on mm -hmm. what he would have us truly do. I mean, it's just my mind the way that I think, but it's just been something yeah. the Spirit's been working on my heart about, you know. And I feel like those things can sometimes be the exact same things done in different ways or with different intentions. Yeah. Like that's the weird thing about it is that we're so quick in our sinfulness to build up these structures. We think, think in the church, uh, you know, policies, directives, things, all, all of these things. Uh, ultimately, I believe because we don't believe that gospel ministry, that Christ is enough yeah. for what we do as a church, yeah. practically speaking. So we can have a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, not lesser tier, but a, a policy of a ministry that's not used very much. Even our personal life, we could go. We go to Facebook, 
very easily before reading our Bible. We go yeah. to social media, the news before scripture. We do all these things because ultimately we believe it by our actions. It shows that we believe that those are more applicable, more powerful, more uh, intriguing for our life than the Bible, than the gospel. In the same way, these uh, you know policies at church, different uh, details about things, while important, can get in the way when they become uh, you know more time intensive they take more of our uh, attention than they need to because we are focused on focused on building up the structure yeah instead of letting christ drive the building of the structure because he's at the base of it yeah and that's you know that's why and i think a lot of it is you know holy spirit driven and that's why you don't really see that and of course it was early on in the church and it was already trying to happen but you don't really see that in the life of paul as much as you see him listening to the spirit so the spirit said go here he went there the spirit said and the spirit's gonna as jesus tells us gonna bring about things that he is that christ has spoken so he's going to lead you in the way of christ and that's really what we need to be listening to instead of taking it upon ourselves to be the mass to be the builders ourselves, apart from the leading of that spirit which oftentimes i think can happen and and so paul you don't see doing that kind of stuff why well because he had the holy spirit so he didn't go preach the gospel in places and that's just crazy to us but the spirit yeah. said now's not the time that's not where i want you to go you need to be over here so then he would go over here instead, and you see the directive given by God instead of created by man. And mm. I think it's two very, it can be two very different types of uh, structures that we're talking about at that point, and two very different kinds of fruitfulness, one at which explodes in salvation and discipleship and church growth, and the other true true church growth, and the other uh, that can be finicky, noncommittal, um, maybe not so solid in nature when it's all said and done. You know? Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So practically, let's let's end here today. How does it look in our lives or in the church specifically to add things to the gospel? We're not necessarily talking, there's a lot of things that can happen doctrinally and are happening doctrinally today. I don't think we're necessarily getting there. There's a lot that practically comes in when we're living out our faith that uh, can get in the way in our sinfulness of true spiritual growth and can feign itself as yeah. spiritual growth, even though it's not real. How does that show up even in our setting yeah. and in our personal lives? Yeah. So I, I think, I, I think one of the, the best ways to understand where that is, is let the spirit reveal that to you. And so, so mm-hmm. what I mean by that is we have to be honest with ourselves. And sometimes I think we're, we give ourselves a lot of the benefit of the doubt in saying, well, I think I'm pretty good here, but, yes. but we can't do that. Like it's not about what I think it's about what God says and what his spirit reveals. And so sometimes we may even be living in sin and don't even realize we're living in sin, but we think we're okay. So we're not even asking the question, God reveal to me in my life areas that are sinful so that I can repent and be closer to you. So I think the, the best revelation of it, it comes through study of the word and seeking the spirit of God and his 
gives wisdom to know what those areas are. Because like you said, it's not that all the policies are bad. It's just that if you disconnect Christ from the policy, then it just becomes a man-made policy, which isn't going to be beneficial in the, in the structure. That, that 1 Corinthians 3 passage talks about uh, being tried by fire. And Paul says you need to be uh, you need to understand what kind of um, materials you're using to build because one day it will tell when it's tried mm-hmm. by fire. And, and that's the case. The stru- if we don't build with the, on the foundation of Christ, the whole structure is going to, it's going to tell the tale as time goes on because it's not going to be a solid structure. Mm. And and so I think in, in our lives, we have to do an honest evaluation in the presence of God at his feet and say, Lord, what are the things in my life, even to the point of church attendance? Yeah. What are the things in my life that I'm not really doing because of you? Because if we're honest, there have been times that we've even shown up at church that wasn't because of him. Yeah. Um, and and so you you begin, God will begin, as I've read his word, as the spirit is working on me, you know, convicting me, helping me to realize how wrong I've been in many areas. It's just like peeling away layers. He's peeling away layers and saying, no, you got to get rid of this and you got to stop focusing on this. And, uh, and, 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 and after so much time of having all those layers on, I just get weary and, and very dissatisfied with things in general. And he's like, you got to get back to Christ. And, and I feel like that's, that's kind of the route he's taken me on, but it's not something that I can discover honestly on my own or think that I'm able to handle on my own. It's something that I think I just have to be honest before the Spirit of God, just in, in his presence and let God reveal the things that we're doing. Because even like, even church attendance, church attendance can be an awesome time of worship and praise, or it can be, we just read an article on singing hymns. I'll go ahead and throw that out there uh, in love. Okay, I like. I grew up on hymns, and I and I like I like hymns. But if we're honest about it, you can worship uh, with contemporary music, or it's not about necessarily the style of music as much as it is the theology behind that and where your heart and mind is as you're singing. Are you worshiping? Because you can. It doesn't matter the style as much. You can sing hymns all day long and not be paying attention at all, not be worshiping at all, not be thinking about the theology at all, and and it not be a worshipful time, uh, just as much as it can be a worshipful time. Yeah. So I think it's it's really just being honest before God. A lot of times our preference leads the way, and with the hymn conversation, a lot of times that is the way that it is. It's a it really is, and I as much as we like that or like different styles or this and that. It really all has to do with where is your heart and where is your focus. If it's not Christ first, then the chances are that everything else that you do is going to be artificialized, and the the, the material that you use is going to be wood, hay, and stubble. And one day, the fire, the trial by fire, is going to reveal that that wasn't founded in Christ. It was founded in your own artificialized structure that's just not going to stand the trial by fire. Yeah, and that's really scary yeah. that there will be people who, and I, you know, I've i had those moments where you fear that, that you will be this person who you'll come before God and he'll say, I don't know who you are. I'm yeah. sorry. And and you'll be 
you know, you'll go to hell. And yeah. that's terrifying yes. because without Christ, we're there. Yeah. I, I think it's both, uh, both tricky and exciting. I think the, the hymns conversation is a, a great place. I think even to end a great place to be because even though preferences might lead us to, uh, you know, prefer hymns and want that, that could be maybe a, a sinful wrong thing. We don't have to go away from preferences. Preferences in themselves are not the problem. Like desires are not the problem. That's, and what Jesus right. promises is that he will change our hearts, change our desires to become more like his. Yeah. So it's not like we're just training ourselves to act in the way of logically only this dry process of, okay, we start with Christ and then we go here and then we go here. Now I have to enjoy this because Jesus says I have to enjoy contemporary music. I'm sorry, you have to enjoy contemporary no. <laughs> but um but no it, you could, both can exist that's tricky for one because you can still prefer hymns and that's fine um but it it, it will take you away from the place of needing hymns yeah right so that's what heart change it's it gets really uh dirty the process gets really messy is that we're working in the same god god's cleaning up our hearts as we're living in our yeah. hearts you know so yeah. eventually we'll get to a place to where we will enjoy god so much i'm reading uh desiring god right now. have you ever read yeah. that john piper uh no uh, not john piper no. okay yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's 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 great it's so convicting he just essentially i'm early on in the audiobook but he's making the argument that um true salvation is marked by your enjoyment of god yeah. so your enjoyment in singing is not ultimately in glory even going to come from singing holy 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 because you sung it when you were a child it's going to come from singing holy 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 because god's the one who's you know the father son and the spirit are holy yeah and that reality is going to be sight not yeah. just the sight of us singing hymns in heaven you know those things will pass away yeah but god and and that that is forever so that is, I, I think, a perfect way to uh, end, and that even extends to how we uh, confess sin, how we believe that just the the idea of of God's wrath it's it's terrifying, terrifying, yeah. but yet it's comforting to the believer because we do believe that the whole wrath of God for all of our sins was poured out on Christ. Yeah. And that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. So we don't have to, uh, you know, we don't have to hide anything from God out of fear that he's going to double cross us. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to act in front of God as as we do and, you know, as we may be afraid to in front of our, you know, employer, in front of those who we you know, family stand to uh stand to lose something we can't lose anything in christ and that's yeah. the reality of our christian life of confessing sin of church attendance and even how you decide things like taking a job it's not your you know pay and those things are important but they will be informed by God yeah. and your love for God and his direction, they're still going to be there. And it's not like you just deny a better paying job because a better paying job, but you're not just going to accept a better paying job because yeah. it has that higher price tag on it. It, it, it provides more depth to that living. And I really appreciate that. Just that application in the hymns discussion is that it's not like we have to choose one or the other. Yeah. That that will be informed by, by Christ and ultimately in glory that will be 
you know, our, our renewed body. And, and yeah, that's that's a great point and a great way to to close things down. You know, whether you know with him specifically, there's there is great theology and uh, there's great theology uh, can be in both. And 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 the incredible thing is, I, I like both. And the privilege to to worship and in in both arenas, uh, the privilege to worship is what supersedes all. Um, so we are privileged to be able to know the Almighty God that these many of these songs were writ- was written about. And so as we think about it from that context, we can have our preference, but the the main one is Him. And so as long as it is uh, uh, from the heart with a worshipful mentality and spirit toward Him, because He is the emphasis of it all. And and so regardless, yeah, I mean, if it's hymns, yeah, hymns are awesome. Let's worship Him with hymns. If it's contemporary, that's awesome too. Let's worship Him with Just as long as at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're actually singing to Him, the only one that's worthy, and we're actually serving for Him, the only one that's worthy, and we're yeah. loving Him, the only one you know, and so yes. that it's all geared and found and wrapped up in him, I think is the key to it all. And that extends to a whole lot. Like yeah. we're not serving in a position because we like the position. We're serving in it because of Christ. That's right. And that, yeah, it extends to a whole lot. So we hope that that will be applicable for you in your life today, because it's not just in the church setting that we serve God in this building. We are the church in our jobs and our lives together in our homes as yeah. we gather and, um, you know, study the word. We're always growing. So we pray you would, uh, well, we hope you would reach out to us, uh, email us in the description below. Tell us how this is applicable to you, something that we missed, snide remarks, whatever. We would love <laughs> to discuss those. And um, yeah, we sincerely uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll look forward to next week. We'll figure yeah. out what we're talking about the day of. Yep. You know, so we Always a shock. <laughs> Always a shock, yeah. right. But I'm blessed by this yeah. conversation today. Me too. So, uh, Great. Thank you all for being here. Hope you have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next time.